Welcome to Letters and Legends. I'm your host, Trevor Malouf. This show is about history, literature, mythology, and everything in between. In this episode, I spoke with Zeb Gerard about Jumanji. Here's our discussion. Okay, we are joined by Zeb Gerard talking to us about Jumanji. Hi, Zeb. Hi, Trevor. Pretty excited about this one. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's get right to it because we love Jumanji. Um, I'm going to try to approach this like it's a serious subject, a historical moment in time, but we know that it's not really, but it did happen. And it was a big part of our lives as kids. So in that way, we're going to treat it as such. Yeah, now, that seems fair. <laughs> what we're going to do is the talk about the the well we're gonna talk about the book and the movie but there's this this other thing that we need to discuss that's sort of like the little isthmus that's connecting the two and that isthmus is the absurdity of trying to make a film that is an hour and a half or hour and 40 minutes about a book that is potentially <laughs> 25, 30 pages, and mainly pictures, which is what the Junon book is from, and let me get me, very important, always reliable um, Wikipedia here, 1981. And then we're going to discuss the film from 1995, which I was thinking, that's not a quick turnaround. Um in my mind for a book book to movie because sometimes it's made with sometimes they're made within the first year or two and this was made like in different generations essentially <laughs> the jumanji book and the jumanji film and then like another generation went by and they made these other movies with the rock and stuff that we're not going to talk about in my unless you want to no i don't i don't think i can talk uh very <laughs> uh informedly about those movies i don't think i've seen any of them though though i should i mean just to say i was part of that cultural phenomenon yeah i think i saw the movies or something i mean they're not bad really they're just totally different from what we're uh going to be talking about in my mind anyway so let's uh move to the book first so the book uh would you like to take over i mean what what would you like to start with yeah, I read the book recently, uh, and I, I think it was really a lot of the, the Van Allsburg books are such a great capturing of storytelling time, if that makes sense, that you know, when, when people first start reading books to children, so they may not be able to read yet, or they may not be able to read full books themselves, uh, the idea of just like, I think everyone knows this and they can picture it in their head, even though this is audio that you open the book and then you just pan it around slowly so that everyone sitting around in the circle can see this picture. Um, and that's, that's exactly what the story captures this idea that anything could happen, but whoever is reading it then gets to reveal that to the the listeners, the audience, that this is the picture that, you could have been forming in your mind. So I think it's, it's I think that's something that Chris Van Allsburg does pretty well, like Polar Express too. Um, there's a lot of other books that 
whoever's listening doesn't know what's happening until yeah. oh wow that's the picture that's now, what the, that's, the, a lion is in the, on top of the piano that's this crazy. is funny now this is interesting that was a specific type of way teachers read that book that specific but see here's what i'm wondering was it that specific book of jumanji and maybe that author uh chris um van alsberg yeah yeah. Yeah. was it that and then did he know that because i know exactly i had not thought of that until you just said it for that that was a thing that they did like you read it and then turn the book and Oh my God! It's a python going through the <laughs> New York <laughs> Public Library. Can you believe that? Wow! Yeah, I totally forgot that. <laughs> and then that would be immediately followed by what I thought was incredibly disgusting, and nobody else talked about it. Where every single teacher, without fail, would lick their thumb. <laughs> Just like shove it in there and just go, and then turn the next page. And I'm like, that's our book. I'm going to have to read that later during break time. And I do not want your thumb spittle all over that page. That's a Billy Madison moment right there. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, when you look back on elementary school, the grotesqueness of being in, I don't know why there's this grotesqueness that isn't just the kids. It's, I mean, I remember putting my fingers in hot asphalt, like the tar of the, of the playground had melted. And somehow I touched it because I was like uh, Icarus. I had to know. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, you know, eating the apple and I, I got tar everywhere. So it's like this memory and they having to, they took turpentine, took me into a weird, tiny custodial room and they're putting turpentine on me. It's disgusting. Like, I still remember that. I still remember this tar all over my hands. Just the, this, the disgusting kind of rot, the smell of rot in the cafeteria where like all the slop of food is thrown into the, and you look, walk by and there's this slop of food that like would just, you don't even know what, what it was. (laughs) It (laughs) smells terrible. Like, and you know, kids with the puke and you know, whatever, I don't need to go into, but it's like, there is this grossness that when you say that I'm immediately transported back. And that's interesting too, because that wasn't, that was a teacher. And yet it's the still that touching the, the, I don't know, getting saliva everywhere. It's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I would get it if it were their book, but then they put it back on the shelf so that during recess or indoor, (laughs) indoor recess or during reading time, that's on the shelf. I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. Um, well, I think if anything, where we could go from here is to think of how <laughs> this book magically transports you away from that land of disgust that we just kind of right. got used to as six and seven year olds. You're just like, yeah, yeah. The Everyone's, two <laughs> anyone might throw up at any point in time, and we just have to back away and wait for the janitor to show up. Well, it's very loud. Yeah, exactly. Loud. It's smelly, it's gross, uh, disheveled, and also, like, 
frenzied, this frenzy of running around. And those books, this is interesting too, but you actually get like a, your own copy. I don't know if I ever had this real copy, but the copies at the library are always covered in that film, like mm-hmm. that sort of waxy plastic thing. And then it's, you know, it's been smudged. So the again, it's gross, like this gross elementary school book. And when you get your own, and this was what I was talking to Andy about, Dinotopia, when I got my own copy, it was like, you're mine, my precious, you can't go anywhere. No one will have you. I, I've got you. <laughs> um, I don't know where I'm going with this. This is a very, this all of a sudden become very abstract, but let's try to, we'll bring it in. The book is about a board game that. Yeah, it's, I think, like you said, it's about 20 pages and there's a couple pages of setup and then a couple pages of dot, 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 what's going to happen next. And then in the middle is just roll the dice, something happens, roll the dice, something happens. And in each roll of the dice, the thing that happens is something somewhat jungle themed. So in one of them, we're saying a lion shows up and then a lion is there in the house on top of the piano. And then there's some monkeys uh, and then those monkeys show up in the kitchen. So if anyone's seen the movie, it's, it's a lot like the movie, except way shorter. It's just a few rolls of the dice and then the game's over. There's no, there's no suspense of, oh, the dice dropped in a hole or something. We'll get there eventually. But um, in this, in this particular game, uh, they're just trying to roll the dice to finish the game. And it feels to me, it feels almost too sudden that the game is over almost before it began. And uh, I don't, I don't think this is a, is a critique against Van Osberg. I think it's a wonderful book, but, uh, I think it may teach the wrong lesson to children that like if a lion shows up and is on top of a piano, but the rule books say you have to finish the game, just keep rolling the dice and then monkeys will show up and then just keep rolling the dice. And then there's going to be a monsoon in your living room and then just keep rolling the dice and a guide will show up with an elephant gun. You're like, why is this? We should not be teaching children to just keep rolling the dice if a lion showed up on the first round, maybe just get out of the house. Just... Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, roll the dice. <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves. Now, the um, there's so much. There's really so much. This is a Dave Matthews moment because there's so much to say. <laughs> and, and I can't get it all out. But I remember this so well. This is the kind of thing that is more imbued with my an age some of these other topics i think about i was always encountering them at different ages so i remember them but jumanji like that book is such a specific memory of being a kid and being read to so that when you said that it was like a lightning bolt that went through me this thing about reading it and revealing that photo and I was thinking, that's what this book is. It's the magic of you don't really know how they even appeared. Because in a like a movie or something, they have to think like, okay, what's the special effect? Call up Tom. Like, what can we do where the there's a bubble and they'll come through the bubble? No, there's no bubble. There's no whirlpool. 
as far as I know, right? They just appear and that's the mat that creates the magic. Like it's already there. The lion is in the room. Yep. So that magic. And then I like, I mean, of course what you're saying is accurate that it is ridiculous to, it's the benign nature of the game that they're trying to convey that this is fine. This is a, yes, it's a lion, but it's a different type of lion. It's not a lion you would see on the savanna that would like trample you and eat your foot. I mean, this is a lion that would lovingly sit on a countertop at the central parks, you know, <laughs> I don't know, reservoir and maybe, uh, gallop back and forth and take a nap that's the kind of lion but it's ridiculous because there is no lion like that <laughs> yeah and i don't i don't know that the the book portrays them that way except for at the very end right all of a sudden everything goes back to normal true somehow which is again magical and and there's some trust there that that's somehow going to happen like they they lock the lion in the bedroom and they dodge that they dodge that bullet okay okay claws yes but they could have been mauled to death <laughs> okay maybe so maybe yeah. you're right maybe you're right maybe you're right i but how about this maybe the book wants it both ways it wants the lion to be able to ooh, you're scary you know maybe you'll kill me or you maybe you'll maybe you'll get at me somehow but also you're magical and whimsical yeah, I think that's that's what I like the most about the book is uh, it does dip so much into that fantasy that you could invent anything else. Like anything else could come out of that board game too. So there's rhinoceroses and monkeys. And so I think it, it, it plays well towards you know, elementary school teachers who might then ask, okay, what what happens on the next page? And I have a feeling we did an exercise like that. I don't know if it was for Jumanji, um, but I definitely remember one of the Van Allsburg books where I ended up making another page for it. And and Ooh. most of his books lend lend themselves to that pretty well, that now a child could think, well, what could be next in the game? So we've got a hunter, we've got some rhinoceroses, uh, like maybe we'll go to the ocean and there's going to be whales and then you have to draw that out. Um, and that's all that it takes. That's that's the beauty of, of a, a child's imagination. You're still in that age where you're not so concerned about what definitely happens all the time. And uh, gravity is, you know, this, this constant that's pulling you towards earth. Um, maybe not, maybe we're just all balloons. I don't know, like anything could happen um, in this game. And I think that that's very indicative of a child's imagination that anything really could happen. And so, why do we have to have these board games that are so boring? You go around in a circle and then sometimes you pay money and somebody else pays you money. Like, that's all we got? What if a lion were to come out of us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do the, the children, ha they're in the book, though, right? From what I remember. Mm -hmm. But they never have a face of terror uh, uh, or anything. Think yeah, so, they're yeah, kind of like they're kind of like, hey, hey, this is this is great, this is wild, you know. I mean, literally, is it all jungle-based creatures? 
there's definitely a look of shock here okay shock yeah uh yes it is it's all jungle based creatures (laughs) or occurrences right so you've got monsoons monsoons happen oh occurrences does this say uh black and white right yep yeah it's all black and white and it's like the style is kind of etching slash photo it's sort of in between photorealistic and an etching yep yeah i think that's i don't know what the media is it's sort of maybe uh is it pencil or is it oil let me see oh yeah that's a paint like a charcoal type yeah that's very realistic looking but i i believe we could ask him, but I think Andy had this game. <laughs> oh, had, like, had the Jumanji game. They yeah. made an actual game. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I don't think he has it anymore, but you can probably get it on eBay for a pretty penny. But anyway, I but that's had nothing to do with the book, as far as I know. That was a movie based thing. That's the, board, figured, yeah. the board game and no actual live lions came out except for a few who won the sweepstakes and they were had a door slide open from a room when a real lion came out when they were playing and you know they were scared for their lives and everything but no in general <laughs> you couldn't you, you had to just play another boring like sorry game parcheesi or I think that's what it's supposed to be, right? Parcheesi. Maybe. It's I mean, like certainly, a, it's, yeah. yeah, you have your little, whatever they're called, the pawns on a chessboard, and then you go through rectangular spaces. Okay. Kind of like Candyland, too. It's just yeah, like Candyland. <laughs> yeah. Was that a film? Was that a movie? Did that get turned uh, into probably. a 400-page Dostoevsky novel about People trapped in Candyland, <laughs> starring Laurence Olivier. <laughs> trying to think, what else? What else is there to say about the 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 book? Um. So. Yeah, I think I think the biggest things are are what I touched on that. Uh, it really gets to the heart of a fairly standard childhood experience, which is boredom, you know, and how do, how do we break out of that boredom? And it kind of blurs those lines between, is this real or is this just in the kid's imagination? Um, I think we've, we've touched on those topics. And then towards, towards the end, I think it, it, it's very different. Maybe not. We, we can talk about it when we get to the movie, but I don't think it was the same as the movie where the neighbors kind of pick it up. Right. And so if the neighbors pick it up, now there's more story to go, but you don't have to have an hour and a half long movie. Uh, We're just saying that somebody plays this game and then just puts it onto somebody else. Like you may die uh, playing this game. And uh, we're just going to leave this loaded weapon here by a tree in the park. I think that was the other thing that kind of kind of shocked me a bit. Uh, a little bit sadistic, I think, on the part of these children, because the game's over. 
So what they could have done is just lock it away. But I don't think that would have made as interesting of an ending, but it definitely does make it a really twisted ending that they just put this thing that will make monkeys and rhinoceroses just leap out into your house, destroying property and potentially risking your life and limb. Well, and, or let's be honest, like become a tableau in your home. Cause that's what it seems to be. It's like, I don't even know where you came from. It's like in hangover part one, I guess (laughs) the new, the new patrol. No, the new, what did they rename star Wars? The new hope. Yeah, hangover, the new hope. But they open up the door and there's a tiger in there. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how because, ooh, it's a hangover and whatever. I feel like that's Jumanji. Like, I turn the page and there's a lion. I don't even know where you came. I said it earlier, but there's no portal. Where's the portal? <laughs> I didn't even get to see it. Did you appear? Like, was it a curtain that you went through? Like, did you like the MGM lion or did <laughs> I have no idea. And then you disappeared. You now in the film, they have to render all this literally. And that's what makes it kind of not as good in my opinion. Like, Oh, we have to, everything gets sucked back in. Yep. Yeah. It's boring. It's visually boring after a while to see what you know is going to happen. I sometimes like what low budget productions, TV or whatever, they have a character appear. And then, you know, that thing where the guy puts, uh, he says something, then the character says something, he's like ties his shoes and he looks up and the guy's gone. And it's like, well, who came up with that? Well, they did that because they didn't have money to do anything else. That's why they did that. Not because it's, it doesn't make any, how could he disappear in a second? Makes no sense if you're standing on a bridge and you look down, other than the guy jumped off the bridge. And imagine the guy thinking, like, man, to disappear, I'm going to have to jump off this bridge. I'm going to have to swim to shore. It's the only way that if he ties a shoe and he looks back up, I'm gone. Anyway, I'm <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> is there more what else do I want to say about the book are we are we done do we want to move on I think I think that's everything that can be said about the book which is which is fine it's like I said 20 pages you can't really say too much about about that book it's, not... it's just kids finding a magical game and my interpret everyone has a different interpretation mine's a little bit more like it's a benign game yours is like it will literally kill you it has you know there are many in its death wake that it has taken and that might be true that might be true i don't i don't think they want to let us know there's a little wink yeah i think in in both kind of the only real rule is that you have to finish let me find the exact roll the dice (laughs) okay uh once a game of jumanji is started it will not be over until one player reaches the golden city (laughs) That's that I like in the so we'll I'll skip we're, we're gonna go to the movie but I like in the in the movie to skip ahead a little bit like it does have that feeling like the treasure of Sierra Madre or something like we started this we're gonna finish it or Indiana Jones like 
Jones, you said you were going to, you know, nothing I can take that you do not possess. Like there's something about the way they have that or a tontine or the everyone, the last surviving member gets the treasure. So there's something about it that's like Agatha Christie or old school, that binding nature of the game to the, I think the two original players in it, in the movie, and then the kid. So it's four mm-hmm. that are bound to the game. Yeah, uh, Robin Williams and every and uh, Bonnie Hunt. Then I don't know. Kirsten Dunstan, I don't know the other, the brother character. Kirsten Dunst and yeah, is is not even in the starring in the Wikipedia article. So that's great. The the little boy is not even in it. Yeah, let me go. Oh. And then they have another little boy who plays young Robin Williams, and it's such a strange choice to to start the film the way they do. But um, let's talk about that isthmus I mentioned, where you're getting that little thin connective tissue between very two uh, different disparate media. A feature-length fantasy film and a thin, I mean, this is a thin, I I wouldn't want to support anything on this book. It's that thin. I mean, I wouldn't want to even, you know, you couldn't crush a leaf that you had picked for botanical class with the, with the Jumanji, (laughs) the Jumanji book. This is not the Encyclopedia Britannica. So, what is that besides money? Because obviously Jumanji sold a lot of money. Uh, sold a lot of money. In which case, it had no money. No, it sold. It sold a lot of books, and it. And so somebody was like, "We're doing this." So neither of us, as far as I know, did the research about how we got from 1981 book to 1995 feature yeah. film. Like, but it happened. And it happened in a big way, and it's a strange movie. And and my take is you have to add, you have to pad it considerably with plot that does not matter. Like that first scene where the where young Robin Williams is in a shoe factory as a little kid, and he's like a rich kid, but his parents are always mad at him about being like he would need to be tough and you have bullies and there's a whole element to this story and then he gets the girl that he has a crush on and they're playing the board game and she he rolls the dice and gets sucked into the game and he screams roll the dice he's sucked in the board game closes and she screams not realizing if you had just rolled the dice he would have reappeared and this is going back to your thing, where I think what you were just saying about you've got to finish it to get to the, what is it? What's the final? Uh, that you you have to reach the Golden City. Okay. If somebody doesn't the... reach the Golden City, the game's not over. <laughs> See, this is, the, and that's not in there. And I think the later films, I don't know specifically, but they're more actually in Jumanji. 
that's another weird thing where Jumanji's like a the game is a portal to a singular world. It's not like it's taking a lion from the savanna and bringing it or a zoo and bringing it here up from our world. It's bringing it from this perhaps limitless world of jungle. This haunted me as a kid. You know, that you would be sucked in as a little kid and you're isolated. You're now like Ben Gunn in Treasure Island. No one knows who you are. You're, you have to survive by your wits. You, you never see anyone you know again because no, they didn't roll the dice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the big thing is, is how do you, in any children's work, anything that, that is, is targeted with a, with a child's audience, how do you maintain an air of security while still uh, pushing the boundaries of what's possible? So how do you create that tension while still, for the most part, trying to reassure <clears throat> the children that are watching this movie that like, oh, well, this is this is safe. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the, the more difficult things to accomplish in the movie that can kind of be accomplished in a 20 page book is, is straddling the line between some semblance of security. Cause these are children we're talking about and imagination, right? Anything could happen, but hopefully not one that would cause a uh, permanent injury or death. And a lot of things in the jungle are known for doing exactly that. And I think it's, it's particularly interesting in the movie where, you know, they, they get out of the house. It's not just animals going through their house. There's actually Robin Williams in short shorts shooting through diapers and cereal with an elephant gun, just holes in shelves, which certainly clearly has lethal force right if he can blow open a, a diaper box then he could also blow open a child's sternum like it's not it's not a good picture and so i, I think i had a really hard time watching the movie even as a child because i was like well what is what is real here i want to get lost in the story but i'm constantly having to reevaluate uh well what is realistic because what is realistic is that both of these children would not make it to the end of this movie. And, and what a dark thought for a children's movie. Yeah, I, that's interesting. It shows that there's a lot about it. That's, that's adult or dark. That it's like heart of darkness by Joseph Conrad, but instead it's mm -hmm. by Joseph Conrad. <laughs> I think that you had your response, but I thought that the first part was so dark to me that the kid is sucked in and he was kind of a dork to begin with. So it wasn't like they could have played it another way. Like he was the perfect basketball star and he also got sucked in. No, he was like this kid who was teased and it's, his parents were yelling at him and all this stuff. And then he, he also is sucked in. Oh, by the way, he's sucked into a jungle and he's literally in it from, and the fact that they really play up the, the, the film tones are different in the beginning. It's like sepia kind of, 
so that you're like, this is a really long time that he was stuck in this jungle. I think it's like 20 years. Yep. <laughs> and it's weird that it's shot in Keene, New Hampshire. So it, it adds this kind of blandness to it, but also coziness. <laughs> like, why are you in a family dollar? And there's some scene when they're in what appears to be like a real store, a real Walmart family dollar something. And they have, they're having like a battle with the, with the, what the jungle, like it's now kind of an entity. The Jumanji is attacking them. Oh yes. Uh, Yeah. That is, so I got it wrong then. So we can I'm, go I'm here. remembering Robin Williams. It's not Robin Williams. It's the hunter who comes out. And then <laughs> right. Robin Williams is the kid yes. who was trapped back in the 60s and now comes out of the game in the 90s. Yes. Got it. Well, there's a kind of Looney Tunes element to the hunter where it's like, I'm just playing a part. Like... It is my job to hunt you. It's like Aesop's fables, the snake and the and the scor no the scorpion and the fox. Like it is I am here. I just I have nothing impersonal about it. But he's hunt is he hunting? He is hunting uh Robin Williams. Is this I is this happening? I'm sorry to the audience if we don't have pitch perfect understanding a movie but i've seen this movie so many times i don't think i have to rewatch it again to have a few blanks is he hunting robin williams he is hunting i think really anything he just he has this need this existential need to hunt something yeah uh, and uh, then and then i think yeah that gets directed towards uh yeah Robin Williams and the children. He just so starts shooting is, anything that moves. Really. Yeah, this is the first time I was probably made aware of the of the of the story, the most dangerous game. That was. Oh yeah, it's basically that. Yeah, they, they're kind of quote borrowing or stealing this idea. Um, what is the character's name? Uh, he's Van Pelt. Van Pelt is the is the hunter, and it's played by Jonathan Hyde. So definitely not, uh, definitely not one of the original players. It is like you said, when you roll the dice, you get the hunter. The hunter comes out, and that that hunter is shooting the diapers in the cereal. Yeah, uh, and that's where the diapers. Yeah, it shows that you and I both our brains are jumbled by this film book franchise like we're going all over the place because you talk about the diapers and then i'm bringing in that it's in a the dollar tree the dollar tree in like 1994 in Keene, new hampshire where you could go get ice cream like now i want to go there i want to see this like i want to tell people i've been to all these movie locations you know i want to see all this stuff oh you mean like north by northwest oh no um Jumanji from 1995. I went and saw the downtown where um, Lilith um, from Frasier, she's like the guardian 
of the kids. Yes. <laughs> Literally, you know, Lilith from Frasier. <laughs> people talk all the time about how Croatia and Spain have just been mobbed, especially Croatia, have been mobbed with tourists after Game of Thrones. Right. Like, they can't handle the amount of tourists that go to Dubrovnik. And I don't think Keene, New Hampshire has that problem of people no. trying trying to find where they were shooting things in a family dollar. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't get a lot of tours like that. It it shows that the yeah, it's more it's a it's an older style film because I think some of those other movies they were just filmed in a green screen. Or mm-hmm. maybe they go to a jungle briefly and actually film in a forest or something. But other than that, it's all done on sets and everything. I'm, I don't know exactly, but I'm just saying a lot of movies are like that. But this is different. This is like we're gonna film in a New England, you know, a New England town, and uh, we're gonna have the first part in an old shoe factory uh, that's closed, so we can make a comment about you know the the economy in in the time of uh, Clinton. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's an in, that's interesting. I don't know if we had to, and also it's weird to make the connection of any kind of economic thing to a board game that sucked a kid in and made him live for twenty years in a you know um, jungle Hobbesian environment where he had huge bugs trying to eat him. It's like what? This is this is a lot to throw at a kid, and I'm having to absorb all of this bad computer animation that at the time was like really cool and really well done. But even now, doing animation in daylight is tough. That's why so much of Jurassic Park's at night. Like that famous T Rex scene is done at night because it's so much the texture is easy. Oh, to to make computer animation look a little more realistic yeah yeah i mean i would say it's almost like 80 percent more easy to make yeah. it look you know or double as easy because yeah it's the texture sunlight is doing all kinds of things and you know and i'm not gonna say anything bad about the animation in this movie because they did a good job um, and that is that that empty house is also weird. <laughs> that was like Robin Williams' home, the character's home, not literally Robin Williams' home. <laughs> that would be weird <laughs> if he lived in Keene, New Hampshire. And then I guess that's not even a real. It's always the case with this too, because I think I looked it up, and that's not a real home. That was just like a a set or whatever. It's like, come on, can't you just for my wonder and joy filming in a real house no well trevor i have to disappoint you yet again uh unfortunately the sir save a lot scenes were not filmed in new hampshire they were <laughs> no. filmed in british columbia oh i thought you were gonna say los angeles i mean like that would really ruin it <laughs> no it is so ruined yeah it is a real store it just happens to be in british columbia well, and it makes sense because that store would not be in Keene, New Hampshire. Right. Yeah. That wouldn't be there. It would be like a small Dollar Tree. From what I remember, it's kind of more like a Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but not really a want that's lower ceiling. This is the problem when you see these movies so many times that you even have it like in your head. This is a separate issue from Jumanji per se, but it's like I have these images of these films in in my head. Like, oh, they're in that scene in the, <laughs> the department store or whatever. Yep. And then he said he shoots the diapers uh, with the the double those are elephant guns so they're not shotguns they're they're like full um i don't know what you would call they're like slug they're not even slugs they're rifles but they're just like (laughs) we get two shots it's they're awful they're basically used to kill big animals i mean and i hope i don't know what to say other than you know, it's a complete caricature of a British imperialist, but I guess we don't have to feel bad about it because they are the worst people in history, yeah. British imperialists. So I think we can make fun of them as much as we want. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, I don't know if there's anything, anything else I can say about other than expanding it Basically, what they had to do is pad it incredibly, and that might explain these weird non-plot-related scenes that have kind of become burned in my mind, like the whole shoe factory. That's a waste of time. Um, There's a whole scene where Robin Williams is in his weird Peter Pan leaf costume, and he's running around going, Mom! Dad, I'm home! Like, under the idea that they would be around at that point, and it's very strange, and it's haunting that the house is empty. And you have this other thing where the kid's parents (laughs) died in a ski accident, and it's like, or on the way to a ski lodge. So you have two sad things in a kid's movie. And then they're trying to be killed by a jungle that's inversely invading their hometown or their this new place they're coming to. Yeah, it's almost an introduction to Stranger Things, right? There's this parallel universe that's trying to take over their town is really what's happening. And yeah, I don't know why Robin Williams aging. Why why Robin Williams aging is a problem to me. Uh, but when you look at it, like, why is Van Pelt still, he's kind of the same age. Yeah, he doesn't as, age. Yeah, as uh, Alan Parrish is uh, Robin Williams' character. Well, then there's a science fiction. He doesn't, fiction. Age, and... <laughs> he doesn't age and, and, like he said, he's from the British Imperial period. So he hasn't aged for centuries. Meanwhile, in 22 years, Robin Williams has aged. Is that what it is? Is it what year? What year is he sucked in? Nineteen seventy-three. Nineteen sixty-nine. Why that's so funny? Nineteen six. That's 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 way longer. He's he's out. He's in there for twenty-six years. Isn't this a nineteen ninety-five movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He's in it for 26 years. Yep. And also that I'm like, 
I hope you don't think that's what Robin Williams looked like in 1969. <laughs> I don't think it, that is what he looked like. <laughs> I think he he was like a I think he was a fully grown man at that point. Yeah, he was starting his uh, his street stand performing up. and stand up career. He was doing like the juggling on the streets of San Francisco <laughs> or New York City or whatever. He was like looking in the television and Juilliard. I, but yeah, I mean, he was certainly a college age guy. Yeah. So it's, that's weird. Maybe it's they've slightly, they're like, well, this takes place in 1993. Or it says present day. So it does, that means yeah. that I, it might not, but I feel like it's one of those movies that makes the mistake of making it present day. So that means that, like, if it's 1969 now, that means that he's been trapped there for, um, okay, 50, 54 years. He would be like an old grizzly man with a giant beard. Well, he has a beard in that, but, you know, it would be like, ragged he's like i don't speak english anymore i mean because you can't say present day and, and then be whispering well what they really meant was 1995 because that's <laughs> when this movie came out i might be wrong yeah, it might not say present day it could say 1995 yeah there's there's a curious lack of smartphones uh oh yeah all our technology several other yeah <laughs> It's yeah, a Luddite like... community in Keene, New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things, leaps you have to make to make that make sense, if that's what it... And they do that in a lot of uh, movies. Sometimes it's ironic, like it's set in the distant future, and it'll say, present day. <laughs> it'll be like <laughs> flying car cars and everything, like, oh, or, you know, giant skies, a space elevator, giant spaceships, present day. Okay, well, you're just messing with me now. <laughs> you don't want it, or it'll say in the near future. <laughs> well, how how near? But I think that um, you know, this isthmus that's connecting these two is they just find a. You can find a screenwriter, a desperate screenwriter in Hollywood, who will write anything you give him. If I told him like I need you to write a frog and toad action thriller. He would have it on my desk in a month. And it would be like toad and frog, you know, living and making fun adventures. They don't know that they have to, you know, go on a journey. You can make anything into a story, but how close is it? The actual Jumanji element is fairly small, and that could have been expanded. Maybe like a national treasure type story. That wasn't done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, thank thankfully, uh, Chris Van Allsburg was at the time and still is, right? Still is alive. Um, so yeah. I, I think what, what happened was Chris Van Allsburg ended up filling in those blanks, which I think works a lot better than when somebody tries to take an author's vision and cram a whole bunch of more story into it. <clears throat> at least it was the same author trying to put another 400 pages into Jumanji. Yeah, it's interesting, like, it, yeah, he he was, consul yeah, I do remember that in some other 
sad moment where I read the entire Wikipedia about the making of Jumanji. <laughs> but uh, I do remember he was consulted as if this were like an experience that he had actually had in his life, you know, that they wanted him on set. Okay, was it like this when this happened to you when Jumanji leapt through the board? Yes, it was like that. You're not you're never gonna quite get it, but yes, it's pretty close to what happened to me. No, but anyway, he said he he was part of the I don't think he wrote the screenplay, did he? No, he wrote a he wrote a treatment that built out the story more. Okay. Well. He built out the story. Well, it was, it's, it's kind of like how much, oh, I know what I was going to say is these characters, like, are we to believe that the hunter had at one time played this game? Yeah, I think not, right? The, the hunter, like he found it in one of his colonies and he got sucked in. Yeah, that's the tough thing, right? Or was he part of the game? Like someone made this, some sorcerer made this game. Again, we don't know where the game came from. How old is this game? It <laughs> you know, can't be ancient. true. It's ancient. It's from the <laughs> ancient Egypt. <laughs> it can't be true. Well, uh, also the instructions are in English. So um, it can't be true <laughs> that... Uh, that this hunter was a player because he doesn't age and yet Robin Williams does. Right. Okay. We can't, we can't have one and not the other. I um, think by high, higher reasoning. Yeah. So he must be an ageless part of the game. He's like a holodeck character in star Trek. He doesn't have a soul. Yeah. He's just upon he's, creation. A P A P A W N or a P U P one pawn creation. No, upon, upon creation of the board game, the hunter must have been created, right? Yeah, he was created whole cloth. Yeah, yeah. he, he and, doesn't and know anybody. Yeah, so he's not a per. He's not an agent of. Mor he doesn't have morality uh, ethics because he's just he couldn't. He didn't decide to be that way. Yeah, he, he just, just is that hunter. way. Yeah. yeah. And he just wants to kill big stuff, but does he also want to kill Robin Williams? It seems that way. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. Because there is a cartoon, which I also watched. Um, and I think that's the main thrust. The other, Keen is gone. There is no Keen. Um... It's like it didn't happen. <laughs> he's sucked into this world, <laughs> and it's like he's moved. Uh, he's basically been drafted into Jumanji, for lack of a better word. I mean, he's in he's in this world. He can't get out. And that cartoon is just him. He has a treehouse, and the main villain is this guy, this elephant hunter. And I think you know. I'm not sure who the does 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 the Robin Williams character have anything else to it. There must be kids. Maybe there are kids. The animated TV series. Yep, here it is. Yep. Judy and Peter. Yeah. Okay. So I was wrong. They're in it. Judy and Peter Shepard. 
maybe that first episode is interesting. This is what you find with, in my opinion, with animated series, like the first episode, which you never saw as a kid because you never had the opportunity. But that's actually more interesting because it has the plot. Like they get sucked in. Yeah, if if at some point in the future you want to discuss Transformers and or Beast Wars, yeah, that's that's what I would say about about those those types of shows too, where the setup who Gargoyles. are these robots? Who are these robots that can turn into other things? Uh, and like trying to put a narrative behind it is is great, and then it slowly gets more and more uh cyclical which is like oh the bad guys need to fight the good guys or the good guys need to fight the bad guys yes they and, beca- and it, it becomes <laughs> cyclical is a good yeah the the uh gargoyles and one that i watch that's a bit more esoteric people don't know is swat cats which is literally cats flying airplanes jets it's crazy but it was i i loved it and uh, and there must have been, gargoyles has a whole story. It's like they have films, and somehow they got all the Star Trek Next Generation cast to be in it. It's it's weird, but as you say, a lot of gargoyles is like nothing happens. Mm-hmm. They do the same thing over and over. I'm like, I want more story. It turns out they were in the Middle Ages, and the gargoyles came to life. Anyway, it has a a bit of a Jumanji feel okay um i i think you know we didn't do a plot a a point by point breakdown of jumanji but i think we pretty much got the main points of the film but there is one thing at the end which is this time warp where they they're able to finish a game and everything collapses on itself and time compresses and at one point she's like they go back in time as their selves, Robin Williams and Bonnie Hunt, and they're and they're like, "Wait, kiss me before we forget who we are and forget everything," and then that happens, and th- so his parents don't die, and then skip ahead, and they're gone all the way back into the future, and they're saying. Oh, we're going to go on a ski trip. Don't go! This is to the parents of Kirsten Dunst. But they were supposed... How did they remember that? And all these years, they've been they've lived these two lives. And this is what I think about what happened. Someone wrote the screenplay to this movie, and there were so many loose ends that made no sense. The only way to do it is to make time go back on itself and do all this weird stuff what do you think yeah i think it's it's tough to reconcile the so so first robin williams has to go back in time right which i guess on its face kind of makes sense so once once the game gets finished then he goes back to what would have been happening had he never really played the game at all give or take right I don't have a hard time with that, but then, yeah, how does that create an alternate version of the present where they still somehow have the memory of playing the game, even even though, like, Robin Williams was never trapped in the game in the first place, right? Right. 
except they had gone through this portal and he had done it and time looped back on himself but whoo i mean it's 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 nuts and if that were true he would somehow have lived all that time in jumanji had that brief encounter in keen time folded in on itself he lived a whole other life from the age of 12 or whatever he was even though as we know that makes no sense if that's robin williams and then he had to get all the way to the age again this time he's clean shaven he's just a normal person and he goes no don't go on the the ski trip it's crazy (laughs) And it it had nothing. It didn't need to be included. There's so much drama that is missing from the joy that could be transpiring about Jumanji. Instead, we're trapped in this melodrama, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think that that's hitting the nail on the head. Perhaps my my biggest issue with the movie is not that it tried to jam a whole bunch more story in. Because you can jam good story in, and then it would be totally fine. It's more that they're trying to jam in that melodrama, that uh, that tension. It's again flirting with that line of, "Oh, well, is this actually safe? This game that they had could could actually kill you for sure, or could trap you for decades." And and so somehow they have to undo that, but they never. I don't know. I don't think they really ever had to undo that. It's just a crazy thing. Isn't it crazy that somebody might lose decades of their life? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'll give you an example of this. Is, uh, the uh, Marty McFly uh, was originally played by, is it Eric Stoltz? Is that the actor's name? He's just, a, I mean, he's a, been in a lot of movies. Um, I'll, I'm, I'll double check. Uh he was he was cast and fired obviously because mm-hmm. yeah that's him eric stoltz he's a good actor but he was um they didn't they didn't think he was a good fit and the reason there were probably a few different reasons like gelling with um doc <laughs> christopher lloyd and anyway i'll try get to the point here he uh would make he was t- took it very seriously and he would say things like well so he's coming back in the future and his dad is like a popular writer now and he's uh, well dressed and they live in uh their home is really nice like isn't that sad that they don't remember who they were before and I know Leah Thompson was saying like uh don't don't say that to the director. It's like this is supposed to be a funny movie. You're not supposed to be focusing on the the strangeness. Like that would be really weird if you literally came back and it's like I don't care if your dad was suddenly more successful or something. It would be very alarming that all your memories of them are now gone. It's like they're not they're there they're still there as your family but like okay i don't really know you anymore <laughs> but they just completely go past that they don't discuss it 
and you're like, oh, okay. But even as a kid, I thought that's kind of weird. But in Jumanji, I feel like they really double down on the drama. Like, this is so sad. <laughs> the house is lonely and the factory is closed and everyone's dead and you had to live inside this <laughs> jungle, horrible Hobbesian jungle for 20 years. They... Yeah. Yeah. And when um, uh, P Peter, right? Peter Shepard turns into a monkey. There's that same existential crisis. It's this kid. This kid is concerned that he might always be a monkey for the rest of his life. <laughs> A chimpanzee <laughs> prison of sorts. <laughs> oh, what is he like? A gray monkey? I don't remember what any any. I remember there's the look that he has on his face. He that yeah. he sort of. I remember he's kind of down, and he, as I remember, he's down. He looks up to his sister's face. He's like, "What am I going to do?" I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah it's like what if you had taken the monopoly game and that became like people worried about losing their life savings or are they going to be you know chased out of town or something like you can make anything incredibly stressful i mean <laughs> Not to mention that the absurdity of turning all these board games into movies is, to begin with, ridiculous. Um, but that's really funny. So, yeah, you're saying he's sad. Yeah. I think I think that's the exact metaphor, what you said, <laughs> is if if we take Monopoly and we make it into this fanciful place where you can buy hotels and there's money flying out of the cash register. And if you go to the bank, they just give you money for free every time you come to the bank. Isn't that cool? You could make that. And that's kind of like the book. What you could also make is a literal interpretation of Atlantic City in the right. 1920s or so. Isn't that what Monopoly is based off of? Right. You could have like people... Be that would be the movie. It's exactly that arc. It's Boardwalk Empire. That's what is happening. You can have people like cutting people in the chin with a knife, like, hey, I told you, I want my 20, 20 G's. Huh? You know, you don't, this is... you don't run Baltic Avenue. I run Baltic yeah, Avenue. We're running a monopoly here. Yeah, you could, you could have any. That penny money money bags is mr yeah. money he's like an evil tycoon looking out yeah that's that's good you could take it that's it and that's what you're saying with the adaptation is like what is making them decide to have melodrama in a children's <laughs> and this is filmed in like a dreary colorless tone so much of it is dreary if you watch the movie, it's like overcast and what? What is going on here? Did you film this in March? I mean, what? What? What is? What is happening? I mean, there's a few parts of it that are cozy because it's like to me reminds me of New England. So that part is cozy, like sure, but 
Um, there's like a scene where they're driving through the woods at, at one point. I so many questions that we're never going to get the no one's writing there's plenty of books about north by northwest no one's going to write the jumanji history no unfortunately and another thing that we've definitely forgotten too is is david allen greer's fine work in this movie as, oh. as the in, incredibly scared but well-meaning police officer right <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> that's right <laughs> but same kind of thing like <laughs> maybe i feel like he's kind of trying to bring that levity back to the to the movie in a way because yeah. he's very very slapstick about it like he runs around the car goes, ah, ah. Uh, that's what i want in a kid's movie uh i don't i don't want the threat of permanent monkey transformation in my kids movies yeah i mean certainly there's a lot of there's so much here i think it's kind of interesting how a lot of what we've discussed with these different things are the uh, versions of the same thing being reinterpreted for the new media or, oh, you have to go into a producer's room and the guy's like, I love your idea about Jumanji, but I just need more melodrama. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the writer's like, well, he wants more melodrama. I don't know why. Um, and you'll never get a straight answer from the producer, but it's okay. Now we're doing melodrama. Yeah, there's so, so there's a couple things I want to say there. The first one is this is 14 years after the book, which is an an appropriate amount of time to build like a generational difference, right? So somebody might have read the book as a child, and they now have kids that they're taking uh, to the movie. And so that that for sure happens on Netflix now, like every 20-ish years you get a reboot because those kids are now adults that have kids and so they can watch it together. Um, what's interesting is kind of like you're saying, we have a like a generational reinvention of these tales. Romeo and Juliet for sure come to mind that even Romeo and Juliet written as Shakespeare was a reinvention of another story for Shakespearean times. But then you see the versions from the 20s and the 50s and the 90s, and they're all different. They all they all lean into uh, themes that kind of play well to the crowd at the time. And I guess yeah, this is this is the era of grunge. So that is that is a popular theme, uh, and that you make it now, right? And it's it's a blockbuster action-packed. Jumanji with the rock is like punching. Oh, yeah. it has I don't to know. be it has <laughs> to be noisy, vibrant. The colors have to be saturated. These bright, rich colors, greens and 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 blues and everything's got to be. It's like, wait a minute, what about the sad melodrama of a child being sucked into this place and he comes out and he goes, Mom. Dad, I'm home. <laughs> I have, that haunts me. I'll be walking around and all of a sudden think, Mom, Dad, I'm home. And I'm a 50-year-old man covered in green pajamas. And then his reaction where he totally brings it, where Bonnie Hunt is saying, I, did, I ran away. He's like, why didn't you roll the dice? <laughs> There is humor in it, but it's it's over. It, there's too much drama. That's yeah. 
and it's supposed to be funny that a kid's turned into a monkey. Yes. Yeah, like he could jump around on his tail and like swing and do things. And I, there, there is some of that for sure. There's yeah. like, oh, look at him eat this banana. He's doing it like a monkey would. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> that feeling of a monkey prison. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember the? Uh... And well, and he looks at her like, "What am I going to do?" I'm like, "Okay, now so I have to worry about Roman Williams, and he's sad, and then Bonnie Hunt is sad. She's gone mental, like her mental health has deteriorated. Okay, the kid's parents have died. Now he's a monkey. Like this is supposed to be fun, and I have to wait for the only way to resolve all this crap. That's the other thing. Okay, here's one thought." They knew there's no way in a kids' movie to resolve that kind of thing. And in in a movie for adults, it's like, well, I learned to, you know, I climbed a mountain, and that allowed me to accept these things about no about Jumanji. I finally accepted it. No, they're like none of it happened. Everything yeah, you saw, none, none of it happened. None of that happened. So that makes you feel like, well, why did I watch it? Why did I watch this movie? None of it happened. <laughs> yeah, there's it's a it's a different take on on Alice in Wonderland, right? Where you know, the idea the idea behind Alice in Wonderland is that she lives a life that she needs to escape from. It's dreary and uh, like gender normative, restrictive, but she escapes to a world where anything can happen at any point in time. Um, and in this case, that world is coming to us and what we instead get. So you have like domestic issues, you have family issues that for sure people would, would like to escape from, kids would like to escape from that. Uh, um, certainly the, the boredom that comes with childhood, but also like potential death in a ski trip. I don't know, like there's a lot of stuff that might happen to children if their parents go off to a ski trip and they die and then they don't have parents anymore. Yeah. I'd want to go into a board game too. I'd want to get the out of that situation. Um, <laughs> I mean, you should have to bleep that. I wasn't trying to swear, but um, at a certain level it's, 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 it is sucks you in. I will admit I don't agree with the dreariness of the beginning part and the randomness of, of it and he sucked in but but it is it is a more mature film for kids and i was sucked in yeah to the, and, and to I the story would, i certainly wouldn't want a movie especially if i would if if i were showing it to the next generation people are kids now i wouldn't i wouldn't want to show them something that just says oh well you can escape to a board game and then everything will be fine but that's kind of what happens in this movie right that like they escape into a board game and then they find a way to undo all of the things that happened in the board game. Not only that, they find a way to undo things that happened in real life. Right. They don't go on a ski trip now. So like, okay. Um, it's not just the lion that disappears back into the board game. It's also the death of their parents. <laughs> Jumanji. <laughs> Jumanji did resurrect their parents from because it wouldn't have happened it doesn't happen because of jumanji, oh. jumanji right 
Well, I thought Jumanji maybe I missed is... the plot time. So okay. I thought that they went, their parents went on a ski trip, and so they're home alone playing this board game. No, no they have Lilith. Lilith is the guardian. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So, and so yeah, the death of the, the parents at the ski trip had happened well before this game was played. Off screen. I mean, if they want to make the four hour Jumanji where you see, like, every, like, you see the parents go to the ski lodge, like, they go out to eat, that would be the next padding level of padding where we, there's really no plot to, uh, this is a thing you'll see in a movie where there's just like, what is happening? Nothing is happening. You're going out to eat. Um, but that let's just say uh, I'm on a, a roll there. But anyway, that they that that doesn't we skip ahead from one thing from the the factory closing because of Jumanji, and I guess the factory is open. But they no, I think he runs the shoe factory. That's why he's like well off. That's weird though when he says that's just what I mean about the loose end slash we can't have a sad ending because they they say this really haunting thing like, hey, before we forget who we are, they go back and then they go through the whole thing and then they go, we're going to go on a skiing trip. Don't go! How do you remember? Is it something right. you... Is it, Was it a knee-jerk knee reaction? Or do you literally remember your whole other life? Does it end on the... I don't think it ends on the Jumanji like heartbeat of the doom or dr drum of the game it yeah should that's, it should have but oh yeah 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 that's that's that is the the last scene right is is when somebody is walking on the beach or something and then there's the board game and the drum beat okay okay yeah. the drum beat okay good that's that's yeah, we're, we're like, we, between the two of us we've remembered the whole movie so that that's good i like that ending um the sinister ending it's like monkeys the monkey's paw yeah but i mean and you also wonder there is a part of you as a kid that's like what else is on the board game i want to know how bad can it get can you get turned into an elephant can you have can you get turned into a tree i mean <laughs> can you be <laughs> sucked into Jumanji as an animal <laughs> so now you can't you can't you're like a just a monkey running around a Jumanji and like because that happens in games right you get stacked up with issues like oh no now I got this oh so like what if uh the the, the kid is a monkey and then he gets sucked in yeah and he gets comes yeah. back he's like I was a monkey for 30 years in a Jumanji you could have a quicksand that is made of monkeys. You just you're slowly sinking into a pile of monkeys. Yeah, and all of those monkeys had been people who had played the game. Ooh. And they're yeah. waiting for you to roll like a ten. And they come back, he's like, Well, I was sucked in in seventeen eighty. I've been waiting in Jumanji. It's 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 it makes you ask questions you don't want to ask. Wait, for, are we saying are we saying that Jumanji is a Robin Williams crossover to What Dreams May Come? Well, it could be. It definitely has some of those elements to it. Uh, yeah, but it's a it's a kid's version of it. So it's making you think things that you don't really want to think when you go to a what's supposed to be an escapist. But I guess I'm the only well, 
we we seem to be having the same idea about ideas about it but i think a lot of people just went it's just kids running around with elephants okay if not purgatory i think yeah. that's what you're saying it does a purgatory <laughs> it does have a purgatorial feel though yeah for sure yeah, and we never see it except in the animation, the animated show, which it makes it a slightly more. But again, you're like, oh my god, he had all of these adventures in this world. Um, it at, makes you think things that the other, the book did not make you have to think about, and the melodrama. I mean, what if you had really played a game and a kid was sucked in? <laughs> <laughs> Like, imagine if you were playing Jumanji and the rhinoceroses just just stampeded over somebody, right? Yeah, because that you're you, rolling. You're rolling the dice, and then you're just like, I guess, what was his name? <laughs> Alan's just gone now. They're just okay with that? Well, I think they, they should have, they needed to make the stakes higher. Like, you know, again, well, a much better movie is Goonies. And again, like, that's a gross movie. It's filled with gross stuff to go back to the gross thing. But this movie isn't really. It, I guess some of those animals are kind of gross. And there's some weird stuff like the spiders, <laughs> giant mm -hmm. spider. Those are not, I mean, those are, they have creatures that are from like the deep past, like deep time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, Jumanji is not just a jungle, it's creatures all jungles. that. Yeah, it's creatures that lived like a hundred million years ago, mm -hmm. <laughs> but suddenly they're in Jumanji. <laughs> but they're also in. But did Jumanji have like a Nile River? But it's five times the size of the Nile River. It's like, it's like miles wide, and it's <laughs> and. It's, <laughs> I got it. I got it. You roll an eleven, and that makes the algal bloom that caused the extinction level event before the dinosaurs, right? Where there was, there was too much oxygen mm -hmm. in the atmosphere because there were too many plants. <laughs> that's what that's, it causes microorganisms to come back that have been long extinct that would cover the entire world. But why, <laughs> but what, why are, why are you killing creatures when, isn't it filled with creatures? That's what I'm saying. They're coming out. All of, oh. all of these creatures that have, yeah. in the past, caused other extinctions can come back. Any any form of life can come out of Jumanji. Uh, any any villain. Right, right. It's. I think it's it's got to be Earth specific <laughs> though, right? Any villain. It has to be something. Yes, something Captain that Hook has existed on the Earth at some point, and that's it. That's the only rule. What about in one's imagination? Well, that's a good point, right? Is is Jumanji supposed to actually be real things or just things that you could think of? But who... And the human mind is so limited by things that we know exist. We're like, big spider. <laughs> that would well, be that scary. Was, that was Sphere with uh, people, I don't know, Samuel yeah. L. Jackson, where you would, you would think it and the thing would appear. It was a mind defense system some alien spaceship anyway it's it wasn't that great of a movie uh but yeah well, well wait a minute. before before we wrap up here are there only 12 things that can happen then um 
Oh, no, it's what space you land on. So however many spaces there are on the board, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what is your point? <laughs> what is your... We're we're limited here in Jumanji to how many oh. things can happen, right? If there's a finite amount, however long the board game is, that's the amount of weird things that can happen. Oh, right. I, I think we were t- so there. We were also just trying to figure out like what is behind it, like what is the Deus Ex Machina of Jumanji? Is it made by um, like who made it? We'll never know. Maybe I guess it was there was that other one that they made. That was about kids looking into us. Their house became a spaceship. <laughs> it was like from the makers of Jumanji. Do you remember this? I don't know. That guy. I think it's the same guy. We got to look this up. It, it was like. Um... Oh, are you talking about Zathura? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What, that's yeah, a Dan yeah. Alford book. Yeah, it was made in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it wasn't as famous. It wasn't as big though. Yeah. And it was like, we're doing Jumanji, but in space. (laughs) (laughs) And no melodrama. Maybe you need the melodrama. It did it did give it a bite, didn't it? It was like, yes, this is this is consequential. Yeah, again. It's a it's a tough it's a tough line to ride. Like what what of our actions have consequences? And in the end, if we can travel through time and mm-hmm. undo things, oh, I uh, this this reminds me because I just I just watched Multiverse of Madness, the Doctor Strange movie, and we had a really hard time watching that movie. And a lot of people looking at critics, it got really good uh, critics ratings across the board. People were like, yeah, it's a Marvel movie, but it's really good. And then. People talking about it, like, you got to know when you're walking into a Marvel movie that, like, sometimes they're going to reference other movies. I'm like, that's not my critique at all. Uh, you, you know, it's like, it's a lot of action. Like, it's not, not that's, nope, not my problem at all. You can do anything at any point in time, ever. That's not a good premise for a movie. It's, you can just, like, make a portal, and then the portal will become upside down, and then your mind can make humans turn inside out. And like, it's, so there's there's no challenge anymore. You can do literally anything you can bend time, space. So why am I watching? The, the end was determined at the beginning. Once I knew that you could do anything ever, well, now I'm bored. And so I guess that's the that's the issue potentially with Jumanji here is if you can do really anything, I don't think it's that fun of a board game. Like I I like that it's just oh rhinoceros has come out. Oh lions come out. I don't know that I like the idea that you could get sucked in forever just never come out and the only time you come out is when somebody else gets the board game and you have to come back out through it i don't know it just it just it's, seems like it's haunting and i think that was the that's what i was saying a bit with the board game like it does seem benign like oh the lion it's a lion like yeah it'll rip your rip your foot off um but if you keep your distance you know it's fun yep there's like, oh, it's a potentiality. I mean, it's like, but it's such a, but this is not that. What if his thing was like, actually literally told the story of the movie? It was like, their parents died in a ski trip, and then they were sucked in 
Oh, another guy was sucked in and he came back and he looked like Robinson Crusoe and he ran around the house. <laughs> and then <laughs> then he and then there was some filler story just to get through the next 20 minutes. And then the more animals came out and they ran around a department store. And uh, then the movie kind of just ended because they rolled a... Uh, that's the other thing. How do you have a story where it's a board game? Because usually the board... <laughs> this is my final thoughts on this. Most board game movies take the board game and make that the plot, like Clue, which I enjoy. So this is unique. I'm just re I'm just realizing this. This is the game is the is not the story. The story is about the game. And the only way you can just roll the dice and the game will be over. It's very fairly straightforward. So how do you keep stopping people from rolling the dice? Oh, he's got to get sucked in. And she has a mental breakdown. It's like, that's that was your choice? <laughs> yeah, I think what could have happened, right? If we wanted to, if we wanted to make this story, and I want to make it the way that I think it would be really cool, it would probably be several different instances of playing the game and seeing that randomness play out to the people who are playing, not trying to connect them together and weave in and out that all these people might know each other or might be somehow related and there's a shoe factory somehow that got shut down because somebody got sucked into the game. I don't, I don't think I want that. What I want instead is to see, okay, when you roll the dice, what comes out for you? What an interesting... Like I'd rather it be six or seven mini episodes. I think that could be that could be really fun. Um, but or we didn't days get that. Our, yeah, this is we're getting days of our lives, um, or general hospital. We're not getting um, what I would imagine. I mean, what is the closest thing to this that I would want would probably be like Raiders of the Lost Ark, I guess, but that's a that's not a kids movie per se. Kids like it, but just something like boom, adventure. Um it's also not set why is it the <laughs> the book is set in New York City. Why are they in Keene, New Hampshire? Doesn't make yeah, sense. <laughs> Wasn't it in Central Park or the New York Public Library? Am I uh, making that up? I don't know if there's a is there a setting for it? Let's see. Peter and Judy. Uh, and maybe I made that part up. I think their parents just leave them. They're going they're going out to the opera. And then they That's go in the book to... that's in the movie. Oh really? Yeah, they go to the opera, the the parents. That's why he gets sucked into the thing, because they're gone. Yeah, that might be what you were thinking. You might have been thinking about that when you thought they were at the ski trip. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But they set off across the street to the park is what we get. I don't know about, okay. don't know about Central Park. That but... might have been what I was thinking of. So it's, it's not New York City, or, or it could be, but it's not. It's not uh, laid out. 
it's certainly a city that can afford a statue of a person on a horse. That's what's in the right. image on that page. It's, it's a pretty, pretty interesting part. Is it a nice? Is it a nice? Uh, it's a nice statue. Yeah, yeah, it's very tasteful. Do done. not begin um, unless you intend to finish. See, why not give the guy a um, his own dice if he's going to get sucked in? He can roll again. He just gets a little taste of horrid jungle and then he can it's like those places where you can jump on a wind tunnel and pretend you're skydiving it's a but instead they're just like oh no you're actually skydiving now like you jumped in and boom the game made you really skydive oh my god but oh never mind you're back on it oh you're safe it's fine no problem oh okay the stakes they want the stakes to be so high you could be he could have been trapped for eternity in that jungle that just gave me the creeps as a kid i was like what she had to roll the dice what if she had died (laughs) right too too many loopholes here (laughs) i don't know if that's a loophole it's just kind of a it's an it's an it's a sort of a nauseating addition to a kid's movie it's just it's like i don't get it no but I guess they didn't want to make a elementary school. And it goes all the way back to when we first had that joy of Jumanji. Like you said, the turning, the book. <laughs> but anyway, all right, well, we're going to wrap up then. Um, any final thoughts, Zeb? Uh, what I'm really excited about, because I just finished reading the book, the new versions of the book, Come with a bonus audio read by Robin Williams. I am oh. very excited. Very excited. He reads the story aloud. I'm you know, forward to that. And we didn't even. That's, I guess I, my my final thought is we did. We really should have touched on this, but we both love and Andy too loved Robin Williams. He was mm-hmm. an incredible human being and so fun. I mean, everyone thinks this, but when you're of our age. It, it meant something a little bit different. He was like an uncle. At least that's how I saw him. Like everyone thinks it, but it, to us, I feel like we really loved all his movies and we, we do like to tease him occasionally, but it's all in good fun. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that uh, he was, he was such a figure for so long. Um, I've certainly been thinking this lately because I, I watch an exorbitant amount of TV and movies, but that those things start to become part of your culture, your language. When, when you spend, you know, two to four hours a day watching other people talking. And I think the things that I watched when I was a kid were so dominated by Robin Williams that I think what you said about him being an uncle, just like someone that sometimes visits you and tells you how to tell jokes the right way, or is there when you're feeling sad and need a little pick me up. Um, And I think he certainly served that role in this movie. Uh, I do, I do wish that it weren't in, in such an existentially draining way. But he he shines with all of his uh, improvisations, all the jokes that he says throughout the uh, throughout the movie, and yeah, bringing that tension, but in a way that is I don't know, like you said, the stakes don't need to be that high. Um, but yeah, 
I think that Jumanji the book, wonderful book. Jumanji the movie, I've got I've got some issues and I talked about. Uh, but in general, what a what a fun way to dive into the imagination of what could be. Yes. Okay, and we will we will uh, end it there. And uh, thank you, Zeb. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Zeb, for joining me in this discussion of Jumanji. And thank you for listening to Letters and Legends. This podcast is produced by me, Trevor Maloof. Copyright 2023. Tune in for more soon. Goodbye.